The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Steve and I, we are fortunate to have a very special guest. Matt Kenseth is joining us. We twisted his arm and he agreed to come on. So thank you for joining us, Matt. Yeah, no problem. Matt, of all the people I had on my list that may join Jeff and I on a Zoom call, you were definitely not on it. You actually honestly weren't on my list and we even talked about potential drivers for Chip Ganassi Racing. So, I mean, you got the new press shirt. You're looking good. You got to give me some of the background. How did this possibly come about? Yeah, I think that was a surprise for, for everybody. Um, you know, I was, I was actually kind of surprised too. So, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody really saw that coming. So I'd say, you know, it hasn't been that long. It hasn't even been two weeks. Um, I've known Max Jones for a long time and he called me and, um, obviously I've heard about, you know, circumstances and needing a driver, but I wasn't really, uh, racing wasn't really on my radar to be honest with you. So, uh, Max called and said that I was on a top of their list, which I imagine whoever they call it, tell that, right. Uh, he's not going <laughs> to say you're like fifth on our list. And the first four said no. Uh, but anyway, he called and, uh, you know, talked about it a little bit. I, I kind of thought about it and, and I was like, Oh, okay, well, thanks. You know, I'll kind of like know and talk and Katie and I talked about it a little bit and I, I called him back and asked him a million questions. And then, um, honestly, Katie, and I just talked about it for a few days and kind of, it was a very unexpected opportunity. It's a really good opportunity. It's a very unique time, um, for everybody, obviously, uh, but for the sport as well. And as far as the schedule and, um, and it's just um, it just seemed like the right thing to do at the right time. It's a really attractive opportunity for me. You know, it's a car that's already running well. Um, I get to work with Kurt again. He's a great teammate. First time around when I had him, he works really hard. Um, you know, we talk each other's language, so I'm kind of I'm looking forward to that. There's just a lot of things about it that um, that honestly felt right. So um, it's just one I didn't uh, didn't want to pass up. Matt, pretty big uh, lifestyle change coming for you. I know that when you when you quit direct driving, you really just dedicated your time to to your family, uh, your daughters, your wife, your fitness. Uh, now that's going to get changed a lot. We, we don't really know the schedule yet, but uh, did that does the schedule concern you any in regard to how it's going to change your lifestyle? You know, honestly, I'd say that was a a, a big part of of turning it into serious consideration. You know, I'd say if it was. Uh, if it was February right now and the world was in a normal place and, um, you know, you knew you were racing from the second week of February until Thanksgiving every single weekend. And, um, you know, the kids were doing kids sports and we're all traveling, we're all doing that stuff. I'm not sure that I even would have considered it. Um, you know, but with right now, I mean, we've spent so much family time. It's been just awesome. Last summer was, was the greatest summer of my life. We just, uh, Every day did something with Katie and the kids. Um, you know, we've been locked down here for eight weeks, been doing homeschooling, a lot of family time. Um, it's already going to be probably the middle of May by the time we, we, we start racing. Uh, there's no kids sports. There's uh, none of that stuff you're missing. So um, honestly, it's kind of the other way around. You know, I feel like the, uh, there's going to be a ton of racing to do in the next seven months, but I feel like the schedule is kind of condensed and um, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of shorter, shorter one day shows. So I feel like the time away from home, is going to be less than what it would be on a typical season. 
And, uh, and besides that, I feel like you're going to miss a lot less than you typically miss just because of the kids' sports and, like, all those things kind of being suspended. Yeah, the condensed schedule, I can see how that actually would be less time away from home. Busier, maybe, but less time away from home. So I mean, I'm being busy. The, the worst part about racing is all the downtime, as you know. You know, all the motorhome yeah. time and the, just waiting for the day to pass so you can get back in the race car. So the condensed schedule and getting in the car, although I would like to hear a little bit more about some practice, especially for me. Um, but, you know, a condensed <laughs> schedule and just going to the racetrack and racing, I mean, that's um, uh, I think that's what all people that, that like to race would like to do. Hey, so that leads me right in. So Jeff and I, we kind of analyzed this yesterday, but one of the concerns I had, why I think you are the greatest, you know, great choice and you're going to bring a lot to that team. But one, I won't say the negative, but my concern was just the style of racing at the mile and a half, this low power, high downforce. We have seen other very successful veterans have to adapt, whatever it may be their approach. You mentioned it, lack of practice. You're going to hit the ground running and running quick, right? There's not going to be a lot of lead in. So prep, concerns, you know, how you approach it now that the news is out, I know there's still some limitations on travel, but is it just notes, videos, or how do you go about getting ready? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. Well, first of all, I think everything changes really fast. The sport always has, and certainly being away for, for greater than a year, um, you know, is a concern. If you don't practice and you're getting in a new car with a new team and you've never worked with the crew chief or the spotter, um, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff, you don't know whether everything fits perfect in the car, what the steering, the brakes feel like, like all this. I agree, that's all definitely a concern, um, the, the style of racing. Um, but I will say going that way, I think will be an easier transition than going the other way. I think if they would have added 300 horsepower and took two more inches off the spoiler, I think that would have been a, a much uh, greater concern for me than, than going the other way. Um, but certainly it's a different style of racing. I've, I've you know, watched it and, and paid attention. Um, you know, as far as prep, you know, I've been, uh, in constant communication with Chad. I'm hoping to, um, you know, get to the shop sooner than later and start getting everything fit up and spend some time with the engineers and with him. And um, really, I think for me, just anything I can do to get ready, you know, talk to Kurt as much as I can, uh, try to look through all the SMT stuff as much as possible, all the data, um, you know, Kurt's and Kyle's race notes from the last last couple of years at these tracks that we're going up to about some of the things that they, they battled. So I think just um, trying to be as prepared as I can possibly be without having seat time is um, the way you're going to have to approach it. So, so Matt, uh, I know the simulators aren't open now. You know, by, you know, NASCAR's the, the, local, the, uh, the local governments, but also NASCAR said, look, we're going to shut the simulators down so nobody can get an advantage. Uh, there's an opportunity there when it opens back up. But are you that guy? Are you a guy that can sit in the simulator and feel like you're learning, or uh, does that not help you? You know, well, I've, I've never uh, been in the Chevrolet Sim. Um, you know, I've been in, in Toyotas and in Fords. Um, you know, I, I think you just have to – I think there's things that can help you there. I, I think everybody is different. I think a lot of it greatly depends on um, driving style. Honestly, I think some of it depends on age and generation as well. Um, for me, I've never had a ton of success in it. A lot of my um, – the way I've always kind of drove is more off of feel and not necessarily like a certain point you see on the racetrack and like all that. And, and it's tough to get the same feel out of a sim. Um, it's probably easier now with uh, the big track stuff with this package because you don't use the brakes and, um, you know, all that stuff makes the sim, you know, a lot easier, I think. But, um, you know, certainly open to, open to trying it, you know, if you think it gets you – you know, up to speed faster. I think you have to use all the tools that you have um, available to try to be uh, the best you can be. So I've seen both sides of it. I've seen some people think that they get a lot out of it. And I've also seen through the years, some drivers get some bad habits, the way you could kind of, you know, I hate to say cheat, but the way you could kind of cheat the sim to get lap time, but it certainly didn't work in real life. So I think you just have to 
you know, remember what it is and, and um, you, know, you know, use it to your advantage, but be careful to not let it hurt you at the same time. Now, you mentioned tools and manufacturers. I think that, you know, forever, I remember chasing you around the racetrack first as a blue oval, then it was for a Toyota. Uh, now the bow tie, I mean, wearing it on your shirt right there, that'd be all three manufacturers. I read a quote that you had like some experience in a Chevy way back in the 90s, maybe an ASA or a late model car, I can't remember what, but this will kind of check the box for all three manufacturers. How, how much of a challenge will it be kind of learning not just a new car, but you want tools, language, everything a manufacturer uses? Well, I think everything is new, so I, I don't know um, how much difference that'll make. I mean, there's there's not anything I'm really familiar with going over there, so I guess that's <laughs> part of the part of the excitement, part of the the learning curve. But um, but yeah, I mean, all my late model stuff, I always ran ran Chevrolet stuff. Um, uh, my dad was always a Chevy guy. I was always a Chevy guy growing up. My dad just loved Corvettes and, um, you know, so all my late model stuff. And then when I moved up to the Bush series as well, you know, riser stuff was, uh, was all Chevys and, and worked with them then until, uh, I transitioned to Roush. So, I'm um, happy to be back in, uh, in a Chevy and drive a Camaro. It's going to be, uh, uh, like you said, I'm sure it's gonna be a learning curve, but I'm looking forward to that. It'll be fun. So Matt, I, you know, your, your return to racing has, has sparked a lot of interest from a lot of people. You know, there seems to be, uh, uh, really a lot of interest in you coming back. You know, one of the guys that, that, that left and now you're coming back. But uh, I want to know is what are you looking forward to the most? After being out of the seat for over a year, what, what excites you? What are you really looking forward to? You know, I, I'm, I'm really excited. I'd say the thing, well, there's a few things. You look forward to getting in the car and driving, although, you know, it's a little, you know, think about not practicing or some of that stuff. It's a little bit nerve wracking, but you look forward to that and just kind of, kind of seeing where you're at and trying to get up to speed as quick as you can. But the thing I, I miss the most about racing and I've already enjoyed the most, even though I haven't got to talk to that many people is just the, is just the being part of a team and just, just working with people, yeah. you know, in professional sports, all professional sports are about people and um, you know, being part of hopefully being part of something great and just being a small part of that, but, but doing your part and working with other people to help them do their parts and like um, just the whole team aspect and everybody pulling in the, in the same direction to try to, uh, to try to beat the best guys that there is in that sport. So, I mean, that's the thing I really, really miss most, honestly, is just uh, the people and uh, being, being part of that team and um, the culture and atmosphere of, um, uh, of just kind of working with people and having that fun and having, uh, you know, hopefully you'll have some, some great times together when you have success and you also have, you know, some bad times that hard work to try to turn it into something great. So I think that's the thing I, I miss the most that I'm looking forward to the most. Well, you mentioned team. I uh, would be remiss if we don't talk about this crazy time that we're all in. You mentioned a few weeks, up to eight weeks at home now, waiting for the season to get kicked back off. How about the Kenseth team? You, Katie, the girls. Uh, how is everybody, everybody at home? How's the homeschooling going? Because I've learned that apparently – Eighth grade math is harder than I remember because I can no longer help it. I don't even try with my son's tenth grade math. Yeah, fourth fourth grade math is harder than than I remember. I guess. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's, it's honestly like um, you know you got to try to find the good and everything, right? And like the, the the family time we've had and the time the girls have all spent together has been uh, has been really great. Now, Katie will tell you the last two days have been pretty crazy um, for me. I've been sitting in this office a lot talking to people. So she has been pretty much exclusively doing the homeschooling um, the last couple of days, but um, you know, they, they've been doing good. Um, Kaylin, who's uh, in fourth grade is pretty self-sufficient. Uh, Grace in third grade, she does, she does pretty well. Uh, but kindergarten, uh, Katie pretty much is a full-time kindergarten teacher here the last, uh, 
the last few days. And uh, most of that is good. When the kids wake up and get enough sleep, and, and you can tell by looking at them when they get up, if they're in the right mood, it's going to be a good day. If they're uh, not wanting to cooperate, it makes it a little more challenging. So, so Steve, what that sounded like to me is two months of uh, homeschooling and match ready to go back to work. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not sure. Cool if it, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure if that was him convincing Katie he needed to go race again, or Katie convincing him he needed some, she needed some space. I won't lie, my wife is is half the time excited to see me, and half the time has that look like you are leaving at some point. Like you're gonna go back to the racetrack. So I have to assure her that yes, racing is coming back. We're just not sure when. <laughs> yeah, we so Matt, we, we can uh, a lot of time talking about this and making decisions together for sure. And, um, you know, she's always been super supportive. She never really sways me either way, but she kind of knows me better than I know me. And uh, we had long conversations about it. And I think we both came to the conclusion together that it was just a, um, a great opportunity at a very unique time. And just it just it just felt right. You know, it's kind of given me that chance again to kind of go into something that's uh, um, got all the tools I feel like they need to go be competitive and to win and go back there and, uh, um, you know, try to do it again and give it another chance and see if you can go, you know, be a, be a competitive driver and hopefully win and be, be part of that group and um, uh, get back that feeling that you used to have when, um, when it was so much fun. So, Matt, we really appreciate you taking time to join us. Uh, I can't let you leave, though. You've got to tell us what you thought about the controversial Green Bay Packer first-round pick. <laughs> Being the Packer fan you are, I want to know what you think. Oh, man. So, uh, <laughs> I'm just a fan, like you say. Like, I don't know what all those people are, are doing or thinking or how, how the strategies all work. But I will say that, you know, they drafted Aaron Rodgers when Favre was the same age, and they just left. I think they drafted Rodgers. Oh, no, that's not right. But anyway, they uh, Favre was still in his prime, and he sat there for three years. And everybody's like, why are you using that first-round pick on a quarterback when we could be adding a receiver or doing whatever? Obviously, they knew what they were doing when they did that because we've had some of the best quarterback play in the last 25 years than probably – you know, any, any NFL team really besides maybe Patriots. So, um, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, for, you know, trying to take an NFC championship team and get them to that next level, it doesn't seem like that's going to maybe add on and help, you know, today, but I think maybe going forward, I'm sure they got some kind of plan. Well, man, it's team controversy. Yeah. It's team controversy for you. It's house controversy for me because my wife made me order a Tampa Bay Gronkowski jersey so we're now a house divider so be thankful it's only it's internal team discussions it's a it's a house issue here <laughs> I hear you yeah so Matt and I agree on the far on the uh on the the draft of the first round Steve just just for the record we agree Matt thank you man really looking forward to seeing you on the racetrack um uh, really excited for you and your family and a great move by Ganassi and again uh thank you for joining us look forward to seeing the track yeah no problem thanks for having me out it's good to see you guys The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.